today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. On tap this week, the political showdown in Dane County continues over who will run the Department of Human Services. An old friary is Monona's newest Lakeshore Park. And have we been doing public bathrooms all wrong? CityCast Madison's Bianca Martin and Molly Stentz are here to help flush out the truth. It's Friday, May 12th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, where we take this week's news and make it like licking butter off a knife. Yum. Joining me, of course, is CityCast Big Bug, Bianca Martin. Good morning. Big Bug. Uh, who is that? Samza. Gregor Samza. And our boss, Molly Stentz, sheriff of this here podcast. What is happening right now? Just what is happening? Hello. Maintaining the news western theme. I'm Gregor Samza. I'm a bug on a on a horse. <laughs> we're licking butter. Is that what's happening? Yeah, that means we're making it easy. And a big bug is an important person. Let's kick it off this week with the ongoing political drama happening at the county level. County drama. It's pretty messy. This is kind of what all the insiders are talking about here. Uh, and it's because it's this political war that has been brewing between Dane County Executive and the county board. And it's all being centered right now on who will lead the largest county department, the director of human services. That's what this is all about. Parisi's first pick, as we know, was Representative Sheila Stubbs. Now, she was overwhelmingly rejected by the county board after what ended up being a pretty ugly, accusation-filled couple of weeks. She got two votes out of 37. So Parisi said... He's going to allow some time to heal. But then this week, he names another uh, politician, former mayoral candidate Gloria Reyes, as co-interim of this very important county job. And who knows how long Gloria Reyes will serve as co-interim. But it, it kind of sends a, a message to the, the deputy director of the department now, who is the interim, um, that it, what my sources are telling me is that Prezi doesn't have confidence in in this person, her name is Astra E. Haiku Mary. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a beautiful name. She also applied for this job. It wasn't Parisi's pick. And it, why people should care about this is this is not supposed to. It's not supposed to be a big political fight over this this job. This is a very important managerial job that oversees a huge budget and 800 employees. It's a very important county department in terms of delivering services to the county's most vulnerable people and. You know, the scufflebutt around town is that Prezi's really, you know, he keeps playing politics with this job. So what have you guys been hearing about all this? Any thoughts? Gloria Reyes is put in as an interim for co-deputy director, but she's working side by side. This It's just a little confusing. She's working side by side with Astra, who is the deputy director, who is interim director. <laughs> Right now. Well, I feel like we should even just back up and give some context here, right? Because so these jobs are fairly well paid jobs in the county, right? Six figure jobs. And they're they're almost like cabinet positions is, is what it, it feels like. Like so the executive appoints, they appoint the leader of this department. And this is, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that they're in charge of. And it 
touches a lot of people's lives. A lot of social service funding flows from the county, flows through their budget. So the county executive gets to pick, and then the county board, as a check and balance in our system, right, are, they get to ratify or deny. They provide oversight over the county exec and the county departments. This was another example where they exercised their oversight, you know, because in a lot of times with local government, everybody's on board and, you know, we just sign off on things, no drama, everything just moves, hums along. But this was a case where that, that did not happen. There were distinct differences among county leaders over this key job. Yeah, and I disagree because I... I think you're right that it, it kind of seems like Parisi's treating these like cabinet members and like political appointments. But at least historically, that's not really who was supposed to get the job, right? It's supposed to be, uh, you know, a bureaucrat, a civil servant. And of course, politics are a part of anything. But his first pick was uh, a state representative, um, uh, a politician around town. And now his second one is two. And I think that's what's kind of rubbing people the wrong ways. And then it gets into these fights about whether an applicant is qualified to lead the department when Parisi keeps picking people whose experience um, is in political leadership, not necessarily in civil service leadership. And I'm not trying to say anything about any individual here, but I think that's kind of where the rub is and why the county board uh, keeps pushing back. And then we just can't like get away from the fact that there are accusations of racism being thrown out by Parisi supporters and by um, and, pe- and people saying that Parisi is also making this, um, you know, weaponizing um, racism to, to try to basically get what he wants. I've been curious because, you know, State Representative Sheila Stubbs, such a well-known name, and did Parisi th- think that it was going to just fly by? It was going to work? I mean, to only get two votes, I don't know. That that was just so shocking to me for that to happen. What do you all make of that? It was the video. It was the video that changed it. A lot of things unusual about that, about that process. But hey, that part of it is over. And, you know, there was some hurtful stuff set all around. Um, but, you know, one of the people who at the county board meeting when, where they ultimately rejected Parisi's nominee... Sheila Stubbs. Um, Gloria Reyes was there to defend her. Gloria Reyes testified that she told the county board that night, you have perpetuated racial harm through this process and perpetuated current systems of oppression. This is what she's telling the county board. You know, it's kind of insulting them. That's who Prezi now uh, is kind of lining up in a way to possibly fulfill this job permanently. Do we know that for sure? We don't, but uh, what I've heard is that she definitely wants to keep this job permanently. Parisi says he's going to be doing a a nationwide search, so this is not going to end. This political drama will continue. And I think a little bit too much of the attention has been placed on the people Parisi picks, and not enough about why Parisi's picking them. And it's just a little hard to understand why he's making, why he's choosing to make this such a political fight. So th- that's why I'm interested in it. To me, the big open question here is just there is a black woman running the department right now who has been there for several years, who Parisi added in his budget a line item to create the deputy director position a few years ago. Why is she not the pick? Well, she was one of the finalists, but... This latest move um, is, I mean, I, I hate to say it, it does 
kind of seemed like a big F you to her. Like it's time for her to look for a new job. We'll keep you updated, but this is definitely what all the insider, political insiders in Madison are, are gossiping about. But before we get into any more news, we're going to take a quick break and hear what Bianca's got going on this weekend. Well, in other news, you know, something in the county that we generally all agree on? Parks. We love our parks. And hey, we're going to get a new one right on the lakeshore in Monona. How cool is this? Have you guys heard about this? The old friary, the monks, the San Damiano site on Lake Monona is going to become a public park. You've probably driven down Monona Drive at a million times like just past cottage grove road there's this like nice lakefront area with trees super nice it's almost palatial it's kind of like it, it was Ooh. it's almost like this hidden estate that uh was it public and had a lot of mystery to it what a word palatial love it well and, and just having monks and friars that seems very ancient or something like what is a what does <laughs> yeah. a modern day monk do well so to be fair the monks didn't build it it was home to the son of the alice chalmers empire you know they built this big mansion and had all these acres you know 100 plus years ago that on this prime in middleton chalmers jewelers and Middleton. Molly's like, how dare you? I was saying something important. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Molly. Yeah. Alice Chalmers is a tractor company that was one of the most famous ones in the country that was housed in Wisconsin. So, yeah, kind of like that. Only completely different. So not, so not Chalmers nope. Jewelers. Nothing to do with that. Okay. Chalmers Tractors. Almost. And Chipotle <laughs> Yeah. So Wisconsin... Industrial barren history dates back to a lot of agricultural equipment. You can trace it back. So anyway, we won't go into a deep dive into Wisconsin history, but suffice to say that there was uh, this huge mansion that was built on the lakeshore, right, by this uh, heir to the Alice Chalmers empire, right? So and then in the 70s, it became home to monks, right? The St. Norbert Abbey of De Pere took it over. The monks lived there until about 2015. Then I think they, they were like renting it out to some grad students, like this big mansion. Anyway, the city of Monona bought it. And they're like, hey, this is going to be public. This is going to be a public park. And they want your input on what to do with this park. So there's three different options. And they're kind of cool. A lot of them revolve around whether to save this house, which is 100 years old. It's going to require a lot of maintenance, a lot of work, a lot of money. But it's history, right? So it's another one of those questions. Do we do we save this historic old house? Um, or do we, you know, go with something that's maybe more, quote, modern, you know, new, easy to put up, easy to construct, meets ADA, all the, all the things. Right. Is President Truman visited this house? <laughs> Good question. Unclear. <laughs> but you guys know where I'm talking about, right? Oh, I know I'm, I, exactly where you're talking about. It's, you know, you're going, if you're driving by Ulbrich Park on the right side, you just got to keep going and it's kind of around the bend as you're on your way to Monona. Totally. Mm-hmm. Kind of by the Habitat Restore. If you ever go there, the old Java Cat, Penny Library, the old one. Anyway. It's a cool spot, and it's a cool thing um, that the public gets to weigh in on what happens with this cool lakeshore property, which is going to be in public hands. And 
I just don't take that for granted that this prime real estate, you know, on this key location on a beautiful lake is is going to be in public hands and we're all going to be able to enjoy it. I think that's a very cool thing. So they're taking public input for the next 10 days. There's an online survey. There's also an event tonight, a little after work presentation where you can see the designs and you can weigh in on them. There's three different designs and you can kind of give your input. What do you like? Do you want to keep the historic one? You want to go modern, somewhere in between, more minimalist, back to nature or more structures? I'm kind of a sucker for his like, I'm like, keep the original, but then also who knows how accessible or useful it would be. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of things to weigh here, but um, our parks are pretty, I, I agree with you. It's not something to take for granted that we are going to get to have this, that space. <laughs> our waters, keep them public. <laughs> yeah, they're going to build a little pier out into the lake. Well, and this is and this is different than the other like big project we're talking about around Monona Terrace. So like Monona Lake Monona is getting some some parks and some development, some exciting things. So as someone who lives in Madison, are we allowed to weigh in on the city of Monona's park project? I think you can sneak in. I mean, it is like right on the line, you know, it's so close, but they're going to have fruit trees. It's going to be so cool. Fruit trees. What? How do you do that? Like an apple? <laughs> How do you grow a fruit tree? What kind of question is that? <laughs> How do you do that one? I guess I just think of Florida and lemon. Like, I guess we have fruit trees here. Yes. Yes, Dylan. We have fruit trees in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Uh, apples. What? Let's name another one. <laughs> apples, pears, peaches, plums. Oh. Want me to keep going? <laughs> you can check out the designs and learn more about this in our show notes. Speaking of design, <laughs> uh, we have some fun to talk about. There is a conversation that is being pushed by our friend Lindsay Christians at the Cap Time. She had a couple of great stories on an issue near and dear to my heart, which is bathroom design. Um, what? That is near and dear to your heart? <laughs> it is extremely near and dear to my heart. Um, I just love baths, and, and normally bathrooms don't have baths, but maybe that's why I enjoy being in a bathroom so much. <laughs> TMI, but... Where is this going? <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I just went deep, but... To get to the news, I had someone follow me on Instagram on Wednesday um, called Places I'd Poop Madison. <laughs> and I've seen in the past two days that account gained 500 followers. Uh, same day on Wednesday, I saw Lindsay put out an article about that account. It's by a man named Matt Tebow, uh, a local soccer coach and property manager who is determined to document Madison's best bathrooms, specifically places you feel comfortable to do do your business. <laughs> it might seem kind of silly, but I'm, I'm always on a mission to have people feel comfortable about their bodies and their processes and their needs. But regardless, like does, bathroom design is actually kind of a big deal, assessing quality and accessibility of public bathrooms. It's been on my mind. And so I love that she not only did that article, but she put out another article about um, how local bars and restaurants and breweries are taking on the mantle of pushing for gender-neutral bathrooms uh, through their signage. Um, and there's a lot of discussions right now, um, including some policy decisions before before us uh, around gender-inclusive bathroom design specifically. Um, do you guys <laughs> you guys see that story? 
I'm not gonna lie. I saw that guy's um, Instagram, like Instagram recommended him to me, and I was like, no, I actually don't want to know where you poop in Madison. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dylan is silent, but he also shook his head no. Fair enough. However, I'm in favor of the the Larry David approach to public restrooms, which is no defecating. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is we feel so uncomfortable. And I personally for years have been afraid <laughs> to use public bathrooms. Everybody poops. Um, but he also is openly said he suffers from chronic GI issues. And that's actually it's not unique to him. That's something that a lot of folks deal with and and there are a lot of different unique needs i'm just thinking who has the worst bathrooms in madison that's interesting i can think of a few <laughs> not, not to call them out too much the wisco at 1 a.m <laughs> truth <laughs> the barrymore i mean gotta love them but also oof i mean i've always just been really impressed in like a nice restaurant that has like the soap smells really nice and that sort of thing and like you feel comfortable to be human and the things that we're ashamed about. <laughs> I don't know if you you guys have probably seen this because I've seen it in a few different places, but there are spots that are trying to make gender inclusivity like they're pushing forward. Um, like Mintmark, for instance, I was just there and I was like, oh, look at that. On the floor, they have pool and pond versus having something ascribed like ma male, female. Um, and that's a Caddyshack reference. That went right over my head. I was like, Wait, you saw a pool and a pond on a bathroom floor? I was like, my mind went to very disgusting places. I, I don't want to see any bodily fluids oh, pooling on the floor. <laughs> Signage. It's in the tile at Minmark. So basically in front of the what might be a men's room and what might be um, a woman's room. Like there, People are less and less um, having those sort of distinctions to try and make it comfortable for, you know, transgender folks, for non-binary folks. And I know my, my brother's transgender and um, it's it really is it can really impede your ability to move through the world and be able to be with your friends and have a, a place where you feel like you don't have to worry about showing up and like having a, maybe violence perpetrated against you in a bathroom. You know those nice bathrooms? North Street. Yes, they really do. They really do. I kind of like that. It's almost like European. It also feels like a good use of space. It's just a row of rooms and with doors that close yep and there's not like a weird gap and then there's just one sink area but it doesn't feel like a weird open airport bathroom where it's just like ah what is happening you know <laughs> yes. it's just like some yeah. sinks in a common area i've seen in, in the article and people were like well you know it's nice to be with other people you feel so secluded in your own private cell it's like geez who i mean who really feels that way being like six foot six feet tall and a woman like oh there are stalls i'm just like you do not have privacy. I can see you and you, you know, like you can see me. I'm that tall. I hope that they put thought into the bathrooms at the the new monk park. Maybe we should go. Maybe we should storm the public comment and demand very cool bathrooms. I'd love to do that. <laughs> it's our new petition. It's not a bad episode idea. The best bat public bathrooms in Madison. That would be a winner. Molly Stentz, thanks for coming on the roundup this week. Yeehaw. Bianca Martin, thanks for being here. Of course. It's so fun. You guys are the best. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. 
Music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this podcast with someone who can spare a square? We've been on a roll lately. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Keep looking up!